Welcome to episode two of Blue Devils In Depth with Jason Ross Jr. I'm your host, Jason Ross Jr. Really hope you enjoyed episode one of our new podcast series highlighting L2 athletes during this time of hiatus from athletics. The first edition with Hope was super fun. She really took us behind the scenes into the success of L2 women's basketball this season. And we'll have more of the same this week with Zakia Hunt of L2 women's volleyball. We'll discuss their record-setting 33-4 season, along with several other topics such as how Zakia got her start in the game of volleyball and a lot more coming up on episode two of Blue Devils in Depth. So now welcoming in All-American Zakia Hunt. Uh, Zakia, just to quickly go through the credentials from the 2019 L2 Women's Volleyball season. 33-4 program record, 20-0 in conference play, another program record. 13-0 at home, again a program record. And conference champs in the regular season for the first time. And then tournament champs for the first time. And also your first national tournament appearance in Sioux City, Iowa. I was wondering, what were the inner expectations for the team going into that season? Um, we just wanted to be better than we were the year before. Like, every year I've been here, we've been getting better so so drastically, and we just did not want to like lose all of that that we've been working towards. And we didn't really have any plans to, to make it as far as we did, but we just definitely wanted to be better than we were. So you, you mentioned there you didn't have any plans to get as far as you did, but was it surprising at all in that sense that you did uh, end up cultivating all of this success? I think after about halfway the season we, we weren't losing, um, it wasn't surprising anymore at that point. It became our goal. So uh, there was a point where it was like, wow, we, we, like, we didn't even realize we had a lost a game. And then once we realized, we're like, we don't, like, we can do whatever. We don't have to lose any games at this point. And then we started really focusing on becoming conference champ and winning the trophy and then once we got to that point everything else was just extra i guess uh when you look at you pull back the curtain and go behind the scenes in the practices and meetings and whatnot uh according to coach when i would chat with him he would tell me that there were no captains this season there was a leadership committee and that was i guess uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong here but uh, in a sense kind of a group periodically meeting up uh, discussing what needed to be said and the uh, upperclassmen talking to the underclassmen i guess if you could take me into what those meetings were like um basically in our meetings it was having a leadership team was a way to keep the team as one um with a group of girls we had a really large large squad this season um you can never be close with everyone as close as you are with some people. So having a leadership team, everyone comes in with their class. Uh, there's like one main leader from each class. And if they have any problems, then they go to that person. And then that person goes to the whole leadership squad to let them know about any issues that are going on. And then the leadership squad's goal or purpose was to determine if it was important enough to take to the coaches or if we could just figure it out as a team. So mostly any other problems like we had, we would just figure it out as a team. Um, and everything was all fine. And then other things, like maybe if we had, like, practice suggestions, then we would come together as a squad and determine, and then we'd take those to edit days. Uh, but pretty much this season, everything was pretty smooth, so any, like, small conflicts were really worked out pretty, like, pretty efficiently, I'd say. I love being around you guys just because of the, the gelling of the personalities, and there were so many fun uh, personalities within that group. How much of a role did camaraderie play on the court and off the court? I think it played the biggest role. Like, uh, this year, the connection on the court and off the court was so, so, like, 
just no different. Sometimes, it's like, you know, you play with a group of people and you don't know everyone very well, and that's okay. You just, you know, you get on the court, you do your job. But getting on the court, this time felt normal because you're always with these girls and you love these girls. We hung out, hang out all the time outside of practice and volleyball. So there was just like no difference between the two, and it really helped us a lot. I think. And uh, you mentioned practice there. You guys would oftentimes have the early morning slot uh, at the field house. Uh, was it 7 a.m.? Oh, yeah. uh, I guess oh, yeah. uh, aside from forcing you to set an early alarm clock, what did those practices do in terms of the preparation? You guys always seemed so well prepared. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, uh, although we did probably have a couple of games this season where they were in the morning, having morning practice is kind of, if you can play at a high level in the morning time when you are just got out of bed, you know, you're pretty tired, you're starting out the day slow, then at any other time of day, our games were at 7 or 6 o'clock. We were just so, you know, prepared. We had gone through the whole day, we were awake, and we didn't have the challenges that we had in the morning practice. So it just made it a little bit more easy and a little more comfortable. So I think, like, putting yourself outside of your comfort zone for practice and, you know, forcing the girls to get up early, forcing you to focus when you feel like you're very tired, it just makes everything easier for the game. So practice harder than you than you play, and, and I think it will be easier. And when the matches did roll around, you mentioned the connections on the floor and those being at their highest of year four years, particularly when you look at uh, your success as an All-American. Christy, your setter as an All-American, you were a middle hitter. Can you take us behind the scenes, on the court, what that communication is like between you two? It was such a uh, lucrative relationship in terms of the amounts of kills that it produced. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually was watching a game recently um, with Josh from the men's team, and I didn't even notice how like how strong our connection was until I watched it, because on the court it feels so natural. I've never, set with, I've never had a setter where I didn't really feel like she didn't understand me as much as Crispy understood me. Um, so pretty much, like since we've been together all four years, Crispy and I came together in the same class, before it was always, you know, trying to figure it out. Like, uh, I, I kind of hit different from other middles that she set, so that kind of like proposed challenges in the beginning. Um, but I think by the end of last year, we figured it out, and then coming back into this year, we played together a little bit over the summer, so we had already been prepared, and then we came with the preseason, and we just had such a strong connection that pretty much the only communication we do on the court was maybe me calling a hit, or she called me beforehand. Um, Sometimes we didn't even have to call it. We just know what she was going to set me. And I always knew when she was going to set me as well. Um, so that was just so convenient. I don't know. It was. I played with a couple of setters afterwards. She's looking to pick up volleyball, and it, it makes the biggest difference. Like, I noticed instantly that the game is a lot different. But Christy, the way that she plays it so well, I, I honestly appreciate her so much. And it, it helped me grow as a player, and I'm sure maybe I helped her grow as well the other way. But, yeah, I think mean, she's such a, such a strong part of our team. Offensively, you guys were excellent. And uh, defensively, number one of the conference in digs per set. And then uh, the service pressure was so uh, supreme every match. So oftentimes you were winning the serve-pass battle. Uh, I guess what made this such an all-around good group? Um, I think mostly when you talk about defense, I think that was our strong suit. So, like, having a... Having strong defense is kind of like having a good foundation to a house. Uh, when you don't have it, you notice everything else falling apart. No matter how good your hitters are, um, if you can't get a pass up, then your hitters don't get a chance to shine. And I think this is the main thing that I noticed this season was I never turned around to notice like who's in the back row or 
or what's going on. You know, it was just always like I trust them so much, and they always did their their part, and they were so good together. They like everything was so unselfish. They were so selfless on the court, and it was wonderful. Like you never had to worry about if we're gonna get passed up. Like even if I missed the block, if they got the most amazing things, I might be like, you can only help but to be so grateful. It was just such like to this day, I just I. I'm in awe of the defense that we had this season. I think it is just something that everyone should be proud of. Like, it's, it's so amazing. And they don't get a lot of recognition because of it's harder to track the points and, like, the, the things that they actually did. But, like, for our team, they did so much. It was just such a strong foundation. I think that's what we needed the most. Yeah, typically for me watching that serve-receive, you guys would often have such a good first contact, and then it would lead to yeah. making things look so effortless for you know you and Christy offensively, and that was really, really fun to watch. It was a blast to watch all the time. But there were also moments where it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine. There were a couple of five-setters. One sticks out to me at Aquinas, a uh, place that historically uh, we've struggled at, and you guys were able to come back from down two sets to none. Felt like you guys really had an extra gear at your disposal in those moments. Where did that come from? I think what was a really strong thing about our team is we didn't feed off of each other's energy negatively. So if the defense was failing, our hitters were doing fine, and we were able to make up the slack that they needed. And then when it went the other way, the defense was able to make up the slack that we needed. And then eventually everything just clicked, and we were able to both be doing our part at the same time which is why, like, maybe some of our games with the five, and we were able to figure it out in five, and it looked like, well, we were able to play like that in our fifth game. Why didn't we just play like that in the first game? But, you know, sometimes it's just not there yet. But I feel like just the fact that we were able to figure it out within a match, and, you know, not have to wait to the next match, and then, okay, like, we lost, now what did we do wrong? But we were able to figure it out within the game on our own, like, as a team, and six players on the court rather than working as, like, individuals really work together as a team. I think that's just pretty much our, our extra gear was that we were able to always have someone who was still doing their part and everything didn't fall apart at the same time. Uh, it was just such a fun ride all year long. There were lengthy stretches where you guys wouldn't even lose a set. There were moments when, uh, you know, there were two months where we didn't lose a single match, November and September, ultimately led up to being regular season champs go to the conference tournament. Individually for you, that was an interesting time because uh, you weren't feeling very well, played in the quarters and the semis. You actually uh, had, I believe it was 18 kills and hit 343 in the semis. But then after that, if you could walk me through the uh, 24 hours or so that led to you watching the championship match from a hospital bed. So basically I just played the semis that day. I wasn't planning on playing the game because I didn't feel good all day. Um, but my teammates came, and this is actually like the greatest moment, but a bunch of my teammates came to my room, and they made me feel so much better. They sat there, and they helped me like feel, like get hydrated, get like food in my system, and they said, don't worry about it. We were, it was during warm-up time, so this was like really stressful for them, but they didn't show the stress at all, which was really great. And so I started feeling better, and I went to play the match, and we had all of our awards and things like that, and then I played pretty well, but... Then afterwards, I was just, again, like, I wasn't feeling great. So I went to the hospital, and it turned out I had to stay there for a couple more days than I was anticipating, um, which was horrible for me because the next day we had our championship game against Madonna, and we've had many – we won every game against Madonna that season, but we, like, historically had issues playing Madonna. Um, so I was really, just, like, nervous about that and 
be in a championship game and we've been working this whole season to get the trophy. Um, but I said there was something that I could do. So me and my dad sat in the hotel bed and we watched the game on our phone. And I bawled my eyes out seeing how well the girls played. And Mar, like seeing Maria come in um, as an M3, and she played so well that day. Like it just, to this day, it makes me almost want to cry because I'm so grateful for all of those girls and seeing how excited they got afterwards and they worked so hard. Like they played so flawless. And I just couldn't be happier. And then going into Iowa after that, everything just felt so much easier, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. It was really an amazing moment. And it was something that I never would have anticipated. I didn't miss a game. I, I, I haven't missed a game in so long, you know, especially that game to miss. But to just know that you have such a strong team behind you, it was, it was the best feeling ever. And if that was the way that I had to figure it out, then that's okay. But it was like very uplifting and I I don't to this day I, I'm not happy that I missed the game but I feel okay that I had to and they they were there for me and then after the game they all came to the hospital so that was also really fun yeah what does it say about this team and mean to you that they came to you not only before but after right after that win it, it made me so happy they brought the trophy to the hospital and when I saw the trophy I just started bawling I was I mean I knew that they had won it, but I didn't know they were bringing it to the hospital. And just to know that they like they cared about me, they didn't forget about me at the court, and they were like playing for me when they told me that. Like it made me so happy. Like there's just so many like the girls are just so great, and like to just see that they were able to. I mean, there was never a day where they had to play without me on the court, and any anyone on the court makes a difference when something is different, and they really overcame it so so seamlessly. And to like play at home that well in front of all the crowd and. What was uh, like, what were the off the court activities like with this team? Because uh, you know, on the court, even in warm ups, it felt like such a fun atmosphere always, and that's one of the reasons I would always love to show up early and just watch you guys warm up or go to practices. Uh, what were some of the off the court activities like? Um, off the court, well, like I said, we pretty much hung out all the time together. Um, but like the team activities, when we go to team dinners, I think that we probably made an impression in every city that we went in. <laughs> that we traveled through this season, just with how like the songs that we would sing together, the team or the joke. I remember there was one time we were out to breakfast about two a.m. after a game in Iowa that got out really late, mm. and you were there far ahead. <laughs> no one like everyone in the restaurant was just like, "Who are these girls? And why? Why are they doing this at two a.m.? Like, why are they have so much energy?" But just like always stuff like that, like everywhere we went, there was. You mentioned the traveling. I had the pleasure of riding with you guys to uh, Sioux City and just being there and that national tournament experience. Uh, to sum it up a bit here, 
the first two matches were incredibly hard fought. There was one in particular against Northwestern where if someone were to look on paper, yeah, it says three sets to none, but those sets were 27-25, 27-25, and 25-23. They were so hard fought. Everyone was proud after that uh, loss. And then, uh, I guess, what is that? what did that match in particular say about the team? final day when you knew it would be the final match of the season uh i mean for for you it could potentially be the final match of your career and it goes into five sets you guys cruise to the finish 15-6 in that fifth set and you get the final kill you register the final kill of the season to claim the first ever national tournament win for ltu what did that moment mean to you as a senior when the 2 a.m. dinner took place right at the breakfast place, like a 2 a.m. breakfast, whatever it was. I think I had breakfast. But yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was fun. And prior to that breakfast at 2 a.m., you guys took a photo. It was the seniors all came together. There were plenty of tears of joy. What did that senior class, what do you hope it meant to L2 Women's Volleyball? I honestly, our class, and I said this I came here, we were a completely different team with completely different views from everything. 
everyone in our conference, you know, everyone just saw it as maybe an easy ball, like, okay, this is a, a bunny game, we'll finish really fast, and it'll be good, and that's just how it was in the beginning, and we always worked hard, and our class came in, and we always got some good grades, you know, we always worked hard, we were always very close to each other, and we carried that throughout the whole season, I can confidently say, and I can see it's the effect that we've had on the rest of the girls, like the girls that came in, like Alicia and the Rinaldi, who came in uh, from Canada, you know, as DS who has, they know no one around here, they don't know anyone, and the only thing they know is our class, and they came in instantly and picked up the culture and drug it out for the rest of the years that they are here, and I, I'm so confident that they will continue to do that, and then Shelby came in and she like picked up on the culture instantly, and it just really helped, like that really helps when you see the girls and you're like, okay, like, it's actually making a good impression on them. Like, they want to work hard. They see us working hard. They see Christy working hard. They see Vara working hard. And then they want to get good grades because they see our grades. You know, it's just like, it creates such a strong foundation for a team that when you get on the court, you don't have to worry about those things once you do it from the beginning. And I think that was the difference that we had this season. We didn't have anyone on the court or off the court that was dragging the team down with the culture aspect of it. Everyone was kind of on the same page. You work hard in practice, you work hard out of practice, and then you do what you need to do as a game. And it just really helped a lot. And I think that my art class, the seniors are crying so hard because you can just see, like, finally, like, oh, you going to be able to do something. Hopefully, you see what you've done. And, I mean, you can walk, and this is like, I don't want to walk away, but if I had to choose, this would be the perfect moment to leave. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it's such a, such a high point for our team. And I feel like we've done so much, like, only watch and see and hope that it continues to grow. Well, uh, that really uh, gives me a sense of why it really looked so effortless for you guys because you just had that, you knew what the roles are, you knew what everyone needed to do. And at, at one point in there, you mentioned uh, one of my prior questions, you mentioned your dad. I, was, I would oftentimes see him at the matches, very uh, energetic and lively. I was wondering, uh, I guess, what's he usually like off the court? We see what he's like there in matches. What is he like away from volleyball with you? My dad is a sports guy to the end. So it's kind of an interesting story how I got into volleyball with him. Um, I was originally into basketball and track because those are the things that my dad really likes. He loves basketball. And I hated basketball. I hated running. I hated everything. I hated everything about it. I hated running, so I hated track. And my dad knew nothing about volleyball. And I feel like an important part of getting into the volleyball culture is knowing a lot about volleyball. And I wanted to get into it, and I did. And my dad was like, okay, that's fine. You know, you can still do basketball. You can still do track. And I was like, one day I came to him, I said, Dad, I'm not doing those other two sports anymore. And he was heartbroken. He was heartbroken, but he... He kept it to himself, and he started slowly coming to my volleyball matches and learning, and he was, and there was a point where he, he still didn't know anything, but he would try to coach me, because that's just the kind yeah. of person that he is, and I was like, Dad, don't, you don't even know anything, because you can tell by the first that he was saying he didn't know, and I can honestly say, to this day, he knows everything about volleyball. That uh. guy studied and studied, and he loves the sport. Like, at home, we will watch it. On TV, we'll watch college. And when he comes to every game, like, it's not just because I'm playing, but he goes because he loves to watch, like, us play. He knows every girl's number, like, he knows every girl's name, and if he doesn't know their name, then he'll ask me, he's like, oh, who's number, blah, 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 and I'll tell him, and he'll never forget, but, like, he just, he knows all the girls so much, but, and, and they know him, obviously, because he has such a presence in the crowd, but just, 
uh, like off the court, like this guy is just the same. Like he just loves to learn. He loves he like loves sports so much, and he just like appreciates like the game and like the athleticism, and he gets so excited about it. And yeah, that's why he came to every game. And he just like I don't know, he was so excited all the time. And if he couldn't go, he watched it. Like, like I said, when he went to the hospital with me and watched it on his phone, he knew how to find the game better than I did. And I was like, okay, well, perfect. But yeah, I mean. It really helps, like, knowing, because afterwards, after all the games, like, it helps that he knows now what he's talking about, because he can really help me when he tells me things I actually listen, because he actually knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I love that story. Well, thank you again for joining me today, Zakia. Really appreciate your time. This was awesome. It was a pleasure to watch you guys this season, historical run. And obviously, like you said, you've left a really good impression on this program moving forward. Mm-hmm.